Hi there. This episode of the podcast is brought to you again by A Life of Education. Alifeofeducation.com is the UAE's only dedicated health and fitness educational website delivering health and fitness content to fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts from a variety of sections of the health and fitness world. Uh, with talks in lectures... Uh, in the areas of nutrition, anatomy, physiology, sports medicine, yoga and pilates, female development, strength conditioning, uh, the business of fitness, and many more uh, to be added to that in the future. Allah's mission is to bring leading experts from around the world of health and fitness together on one platform to share their knowledge and expertise on a global scale. Um, so if you go across now to uh, www.lifeofeducation.com, um, you'll be in with a chance to win uh, your very own Fitbit Ionic, um, which is the brand new Fitbit coming out. A Life Education is a website that's going to offer um, health and fitness content, kind of expert uh, knowledge um, in a whole lot of different uh, kind of lectures and seminars and workshops to people who don't have access to um, the best uh, in the business, people who are kind of living quite remotely or people who are just in places where it's not on the on the tour map of the guys and girls giving the best uh, seminars in the world. So Life Education's uh, aim is to bring all those people together eventually and offer those to people who, uh, who want to learn more. Um, this episode of the podcast is again at the... Uh, Dubai Muscle Show. We have Hattie Boydell this time from Australia, who's one of the world's uh, kind of most prominent female fitness models. Um, she uh, talks about kind of her current sort of training schedule, what her day looks like, what her philosophy is, and kind of where she went from a very insecure kind of body image to uh, to getting strong, getting fit, getting training. And the sound as well is a little bit off. We had a lot of background noise at this one. This one we recorded pretty much out on the floor of the expo so um, again we're not sound engineers we're not professionals at this this is literally just uh, myself Matt with a microphone in our hand giving a microphone to whoever we want to speak to and hoping that it works um, so just bear with the sound uh, you'll eventually kind of tune into it but uh, we'll get on with it here's myself Matt and Hattie Boydell Dubai Muscle Show, and there is a bodybuilding competition going on about 50 meters away from us. So there may be a lot, there may be a lot of background noise, which you can probably hear already. Um, but we'll try and get do what we can. Hattie, do you want to say hello and introduce yourself? Hey everyone, uh, so I'm Hattie Boydell, uh, the, w- the 2016 WFF World Champion, uh, and I'm excited for this today's podcast, guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure awesome. to have you. We had a couple of people on who are in town this weekend. But uh, we've had a couple of the big guys, the big strong guys. We've not had anybody with a kind of to offer what to tell us what the feminine side of it all is about. So it's be interesting to see kind of your take on things. Uh, we were talking just before about the sessions you did this morning. Yes. And Crazy high volume stuff. Oh, I um, I can punish yeah a lot of volume. Um, yeah. When I often like look at my my sets and reps and I think, how can I do any more than that? Yeah. But um, and I've often taken. You know, friends through you know some of my guy friends through a training session, and normally I would repeat like I I do a bit of high frequency training. That's kind of my thing at the moment. So I do legs, 
five or six times a week and it'll go something like, you know, hamstring one day, quad one day, glutes another day, and then I go back to hamstrings. And I still do, you know, so much volume and I've had friends that have done hamstrings with me on Monday and they can't do hamstrings with me till yeah. Monday. They just can't, you know, handle the volume. And I guess that's something I've learned how to do over time. Like my training phases have changed a lot. Um, but you're so saying that you used to squat six days a week, more or less going to max each day. Yeah. So there was a period, yeah, I was for about a year I was squatting six days a week. Um, I'd work up to a max every single way, every single day, and then I'd work sub maxim maximally off that. And you know, it was very much a powerlifting style of training, but the volume that I accumulated in that session, because I'd do my, you know, I'd work up to a high, uh, a, a max work you know five three eight sets of that there was a period where i was get hitting like 115 kilos nice. five sets eight re uh, no sorry eight sets five reps and i could just do it like yeah. it was just it was high by it was easy and i thought to myself how the hell did i get here but it was something that i'd learned you know to do over time and there was also another period where i was squatting six days a week but double days yeah and my legs oh my god i couldn't sleep at night the pain in my legs was horrendous sure. and like how many weeks are we talking of doing that like what's i did the, what's that for two weeks so two weeks yeah two weeks and then and would you tough. back off after that or would you like, just i did a deload going? and then i'd go back into strength testing and um i remember like the second week you know because you i still had to increase you know yeah. every single week and it was just like oh my god it was tough it was really tough but after the first time I did the super compensation program, the next time I'd go and do it, I didn't have that pain. It was like I'd built up a new threshold sure. and I could, again, do more and more volume and I could do it at higher higher strength levels. But you know, people often find that, like, like we're saying just before the podcast started, there was a study done back in the 90s in Kansas Uni where they got guys to come in and squat to their max every single day for a month. And they found that actually people could handle that quite comfortably. Like that's not such a big deal. Just doing like a one RM, obviously adding the volume into that. Like no wonder like, yeah, the legs start hurting. But it's one of those things, obviously when we are with our clients and stuff and they're worried about overtraining and doing all this, it's like your body can handle a lot yeah. more than you think it can for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, for progress, you actually have to get to overtraining. Like yeah. you have to overcompensate somewhere so that your body can remodel itself and then you deload and then you go again. You know, you, obviously you can't keep ascending you can't keep just getting stronger and stronger and stronger you can't yeah. just keep training harder and harder and harder there has to be phases of lows and highs but you can reach a level of overtraining but it will deliver some kind of result but you need to back off after that yeah and you know again knowing when to back off is important sure. you know there'll be days where I'd want to hit a certain number and I get in the gym and I'm like I'm not going to get that today yeah so I changed my training protocol based off where I was at every day so you know, last year when I was squatting six days a week, I was squatting with a, an amazing strength coach called Sebastian Orup. He's probably one of the best strength coaches in Australia and I was very lucky to work with him and I'd come and train with him six days a week. Sure. And it was never based off a program. It was, where's my energy at this day? And so, you know, the training would peak and lull, but it was there was always progress, whether it was through volume sure. or a one rep max. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the year, I, I hit a squat of 145 kilos. Wow. And uh, I remember him saying to me once, you're not a real lifter unless you can squat with no one behind you. And I was like, oh, yeah. So in my mind, <laughs> when I went to accepted. go for this lift, he's like, do you want me to go behind you? I was like, nobody. You're sitting right there. You're going to film it. <laughs> and I walked up to the bar and I did it. And I was like, you know, everyone's like 145. And I was like, no, I squatted without him behind my back. You know, I was like, <laughs> I taught myself how to, you know, I didn't want to be scared of the weight anymore. And sure. I guess that came over time and practice and skill. 
but I really made it a point of him to, you know, you know, you sit there and you can watch my technique and I'll do it on my own. Sure. So what's your background originally? You're from Australia. Were you, did you play sports as a kid? Were you always into the gym or is there something that you just got into in later life? So my background, um, I started gymnastics when I was four years old and I became an elite gymnast um, throughout that time. So I was, yeah, for nine years I, I did elite gymnastics. I trained at the AIS um, a lot of times and I was... I was asked to go and, and you know live in Canberra, but I just didn't want to leave you know my friends. Um, sure. And moving away from home just didn't um, at that age didn't Where is interest home? me. Uh, Sydney. What part of Sydney? Bondi at the moment. Uh, I used to yeah. live there. Oh, it's beautiful. I lived on Campbell Parade. Is that where you grew up? No, I grew up on the North Shore, so around Castle Cove, Roseville Chase, and then um, in my teens we moved to DY or North Curl Curl, so Northern Beaches. And then, as I hit my you know early adulthood, I moved over to the east because that's where all the fun was. So, sure. Um, yeah. So after gymnastics, I guess that taught me a, an amazing foundation or base for every. I've done so many sports. I've done acrobatics, diving, tennis, swimming, track and field, um, soccer, and it just it, I could pretty much do anything. So when I started weight training, um, which was when I was about 17, a friend of mine. Um, you know, took me to the gym and you know previous to that I'd always just done cardio I had a, you know, a bad uh, background of anorexia for a long time and okay once I you know got out of that uh, my friend wanted to show me there was another way to train and um, took me to the gym and I absolutely loved it there was this feeling of strength and power empowerment you know and um, I enrolled into my during my PT course and from there I um, got into the fitness modeling side just as a hobby and fell in love with it and I was, luckily I was really good at it. Sure. Um, but even from the fitness modeling I moved into strength training about four years ago and for me that was where I really feel like my results came and my mindset changed with training and you know it, was, it wasn't about the way I looked it was more like what are you physically capable of achieving today? Sure. Like, it's not about how you look today it's about what you did last week you got to beat it now so for me it was like it really actually helped with my recovery side of yeah you know, um, any kind of body dysmorphia I was still yeah. uh, lingering on to, you know, because, you know, fitness modeling doesn't help that side. And I think a lot of people were quite worried, you know, when I started doing it. And I was aware of that, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to find a, a sustainable and healthy way to prep. So I started doing, you know, if you your macros and strength training. Sure. And I still, to this day, feel like I've got a very healthy prep, you know, yeah. for my shows. Awesome. I don't blow out. I don't restrict food. You know, I've still got a personality sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. do you still feel like pressure to look a certain way? Like, is there a still sort of a, an anxiety behind it, or would you say you're more or less kind of a, a free and easy? And I think I'm pretty rock solid. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think um, it took me a really long time to get to where I am now. And yeah, sure, some days I think, you know, should I be more disciplined and and be leaner? You know, in an off season, and I think, well, where's the progress there? Yeah. And you know, where's life? I love having a good time and you know for eight months of the year I I pull myself away and I focus on getting ready for a show and I appreciate that that time and then sure. you know when that's over there's your time to celebrate I think it's important to know when to be playful and when to be focused and um, yeah so like in an off season I almost feel sexier with some body fat on me like I sure when I'm getting ready for a show and I go down to the beach, I feel uncomfortable because, you know, people look at you like, oh, you're, you're pretty jacked. <laughs> and um, for me, it's like, it's nice to just look, you know, softer and a bit more feminine, I guess, 
you know, in, in the summertime, in an off season. Sure. So uh, when did it really sort of kick off then, like kind of the whole social media stuff, the whole kind of uh, fame to a certain extent? Like, Ooh, was there a particular, well, as in like that sort of popularity and that, like when did, was there a particular moment, like the thing like this happened and then suddenly it all just kind of went from there? Or Do you know it? what? It's something, this, this is something that my mum and I have been talking about a lot this weekend because um, I'm still blown away when someone comes up to me and said, I, I followed you from, I've been following you for like four years. I'm like, oh, shivers, I've been doing this, like, but even before that, I was hustling and thinking, yeah. I'm winning all these shows and no one knows who I am. And it wasn't till uh, I actually started competing with the WBFF that um, things started to happen. I won, you know, I got into, I got on the front cover of Oxygen magazine. I started squatting really heavy. It was the strength yeah. work working with Bass that people got, started going, who is this fitness model that's lifting ridiculous numbers? Yeah, sure. You know, I was squatting what the powerlifters were squatting and I was a fitness model. I was using powerlifting methods to get in shape for a show and it was like I think that you know a lot of women that were like oh my god strength is is powerful and I and I, that's where I actually started to feel like you know people started to catch on and and appreciate what I did and it, and therefore for me I was like you know what this is a great movement and I yeah. loved seeing all these girls tag me in their squats and I was like yes like you know teamwork makes a dream work and um, so I guess you know, I always say it takes 10 years to become an overnight sensation. I'm like, yeah, sure. yeah. I'm still not where I want to be and I don't in any way think I'm famous at all. Um, so I guess like I'm still hustling, I'm still climbing. But um, yeah, it's really the last four years that I really saw a big switch in my social media and people going, oh, they knew who I was because I still walk into my gym and I think, I don't really think anyone knows who I am and I'll be surprised if someone does. Um, but for me, it's more, it's not about being famous. It's like, who can I help today? Yeah, sure. What, you know, social media is a hobby for me. It's not, it's not a business. I don't, I don't sell on there. I just share what I believe in. And if I can help someone, one person, I've done my job. And I think that's an important thing to take away from social media because it, you know, likes and all that kind of stuff doesn't validate you. What you do for others can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and believing that what you're giving out is actually you know, could help someone one day. Yeah, for And I sure. think that's important. Absolutely. What, what would you say to girls who are currently struggling with their image? I mean, you seem, from what you've said already, you seem like you've come through a full spectrum of an eating disorder to now kind of dealing with that in one chapter and then moving on to the getting into the gym and then taking that to the strength realm and now getting up on stage and putting yourself forward to literally be judged by, uh, by a scorecard. You know, it's so funny. Um, the first Worlds I did for the WBFF was the first competition I'd never placed in a show of any competition I've ever been in. And I felt the most satisfaction, yeah. more than anything. And, it, and I, it was because the preparation that I put in to that show was full of so many wins and success. I'd never squatted you know, or deadlifted these ridiculous numbers. I'd never been in that shape. I'd, you know, I had so much... Um, you know, so many other wins before I even got there that I thought, you know what, this is this is okay. I've won, yeah. and it just fueled more fire to go. You know what? Next year I want to get top five, and I did. And I think you know it's important that for someone that's struggling with body image, the worst thing to do is focus on body image. Sure. You know, I think it's important to go. Okay, so what do I like doing? What makes me feel good? What actions do I take? that's actually gonna nurture my soul rather than punish me. Because punishment, yes, will get you so far. It will start a few changes. But you get sick of that. Punishment is tiring and it's very energy consuming. And I think it's important to understand that the tools that you once used in the beginning to get your results have a use by date. 
And you, yeah. need to ups, you need to upskill your tools and go, okay, so that served me purpose here, but now it's in my limit, it's within my limitations. So I need to change my limitation or I need to change my tool set. And generally the tool set is what's going to help you more. And so I think it's important, one, don't compare yourself to others. You don't know what they're going through. Social media only shares what you want other people to see. For sure. Why are you less than someone else? Why? Yeah. Why are you less than someone else? And I think it's important to go, what, what skills do I have? Not what don't I have? What do I have? You know, and use that because it's, it's positive to understand what you have. And it's nice to finally go, well, I can do this and I am strong and I do do this for others and I make other people smile and I am smart and I have achieved this. So if you're always focusing on what you haven't done and what you don't do, then it's just, you're just going to be miserable. Sorry, yeah, I can talk all sure. day. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. It's great stuff. Would sure. you recommend, who would you recommend competing to and who would you recommend don't go near the stage? Sorry, say again? Who would you recommend to compete? Would there be people, let me say it a different way, would there be people that you'd say, look, you should get on stage, I think you'd be great, or maybe getting on stage and putting yourself up for that kind of uh, exposure isn't the best for you? The question I ask every single girl that joins the Sports Model Project, when they say they want to compete, I say, why? Why yeah. do you want to compete? And I can hear in their words if that's yes you should or no you shouldn't and it's I think a lot of girls feel pressured to compete because it's 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 idolized at the moment you know it's the it's the new thing to do but if you're using it because you don't like the way you look and you want to like who you are it is going to do the complete opposite if you've yeah. got bad eating habits and you think it's going to fix them it will do the opposite if it's you know if it's because you don't like yourself you want to like yourself it's going to do the opposite because you're only going to validate yourself on what you do that day on that process and that's not what it's about it's about being rock solid already and going you know what i've achieved this and i've achieved this and i've achieved this and now i want a new challenge yeah. you know particularly girls who have done a big you know weight loss of what's you know ridiculous amounts of body weight yeah awesome next phase is get on stage yeah. you know you've achieved so much so far already but if your history is eating disorder and you want to get on stage that's the, probably the worst thing to do until you become fully solid and you're not beating yourself up all the time, maybe leave that goal for a little bit later. I'm not saying don't do it at all, but do it so you can actually enjoy the process. If you're going to hate it every minute, what's the point of doing it? For sure, completely. Um, it's funny, like just because we've we've pretty much asked everybody this. Like, what's a day in the life for you? Like, what's what's your average day? Like, waking up, kind of training. Like, how do you spend your your time? Okay, so. Um, a normal day for me, I wake up around um, like 6.37 and uh, meditation is the first thing I'll do. Okay. Um, and How I, do you do that? Do you just do you use an app? Do you just get I on use, with it? Yeah, I use an app called Headspace, but sometimes I actually just like to do it on my own. So where yeah. I live in Bondi, I've got uh, a view of the, the beach and the ocean and icebergs. So I sit there, I open my door, open my um, window. And before I take my, pot, my, play, uh, my phone off airplane mode, I do headspace, I do my meditation because you need to set your energy and your intention up for the day first before you let other people into your world. Sure. And so I'll do that for 15 minutes. Um, then if I feel like it, I'll you know turn my phone on. If not, I just leave it off. I go for what's called a love walk. So if that might be just to get a coffee or to go for a walk along Bondi Beach and that. A love walk is where you uh, think about all things you're grateful for things you've been blessed with and you send love to you know your mom or your, your friends your family people you've been thinking about you know sometimes you've got something that you're thinking about for a while sure and I think it's a really nice way to start the day um, I think you know the first thing you know I used to do was look at my phone I was like all these people that want to my day yeah. and I was like oh you know you're straight into someone else's emotions it's like what about you you can't help others so you put your own oxygen mask on first so as soon as I set myself up and I've got a good energy and I've like 
I've set my intentions for the day. What do I want to achieve? Do I want to be disciplined? Do I want to be playful? Whatever it is, um, then I can fully help others. Yeah. You know, because you're not too, you're not stuck in your own head worrying about your own crap. For sure. Um, so after that, I generally have a coffee. I'll go train. I'll train for you know hour to ninety minutes. Come back breakfast, and then I get into my work with the Sportswater Project, and so sure. that's my online business, and so that will be about you know changing their programs, nutrition, being in the forums. This is all like online live. program. Yeah, for people, online. And sure. What's the website? Uh, www.sportsmodelproject.com. Cool. Cool, okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, and then, yeah, afternoon I chill, um, do some social media if I need to do social media, do some filming if I need to do filming, and then, um, yeah, eat in between. <laughs> eat lots of food in between. Um, so you spoke earlier, kind of, you, you're not quite now where you want to be aspirational wise and ambition wise where is it that you want to be like what's the what's on the top of the vision board for you um i i want to do a lot more seminars um around the world i you know i'm very passionate about education um and passionate about i guess sharing what i've kind of learned and particularly um i love mindset work yeah 80% of the stuff i do with my girls is mindset you know the training nutrition is bells and whistles that's the distraction most people use that to fix their problems, but that's external. And so for me, I'm really passionate about mindset work. I'm like, how can I actually make this someone a happier person? Yeah. You know? um, so I'd like to do more seminars. Um, I guess be known as an expert in the industry is something I'm really passionate about. Get back to squatting again, because I've had the year off squatting and uh, become the world champion again. Sorry, you've had a year off squatting, is that what you said? Yeah, I, um, so I injured myself end of last year. And uh, it was because I was neglecting certain parts of my training that I, I didn't see much of a purpose in, yeah. which was very silly. Such and again, as what? <laughs> such as uh, some structural balance in there with right, all the squatting. Right. These stuff. So you over-squatted? I over-squatted. I, um, I, was just, I was just punishing the squats. I had a goal of hitting 140 kilos or 145 kilos for the end of the year. And I was on a mission to get it and I got it. And it's actually funny. I didn't hurt myself squatting. I hurt him. I hurt. Hurt it. Hurt my squat myself uh, at a core sprinting, doing max right. effort sprints. What did you? What was the injury? Uh, it was my hamstring and my lower back. I'm not a very good sprinter. Uh, I wish I was. <laughs> and um, and therefore I, I couldn't squat anymore. And I had to go. Okay. Well, what's happening to my movement patterns? What's happening to my foundations? Sure. What do I have to? What am I neglecting? And uh, I realised how unstable I was on one leg. And so on one leg. On one leg, yeah, you know, cool. so it's all my whole prep for the show, uh, my 2017 world title was all unilateral work. And it really changed my physique in another awesome. way. For sure. Yeah, awesome. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, I really underestimated the importance of that. And again, yeah. it's like a learning curve. So now, next year, I'm so excited because I know exactly what I'm going to do for my training. Good, and I love uh, that. I do a lot of single leg stuff for my clients, starting off in the first first couple of weeks, first couple of months in the gym. It's Thank all you. just single leg work and yeah. then we'll work up to putting something heavy on your back or taking a weight in your hand. You know, it's um, this is something I could talk all day about, you know, laying foundations. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to squat. I get it. It's it's sexy and it's fun and it's, you know, a lot of girls come to me, they're like, I just want to, you know, lift what the boys lift. I'm like, yes, I'm so all for that. But like, have you laid the foundations first? Because you're going to break down. You know, you're squatting, but you've got no glutes. You're squatting, you've got thick erectors. You're not moving properly. You can't do a single leg, you know, yeah. Split squat, lunge, single leg deadlift, you know, like these are all really important movement patterns that you need to get strong. And they all carry over. And I think, you know, because no one's doing a, like, a really heavy single leg deadlift or like no one's doing a, you know, it's not sexy to people, they don't see the, the point of it. And um, 
you know, it's not till I, and you know, I, I was there before, I've been there. So I understand, but now it's like, it's so important to look at where you're breaking down and strengthen it so that when you go to squat again or deadlift again, you're going to have a stronger deadlift. For sure. You're going to be able to train for more, like for longevity. It's not about breaking down yeah. and recovering, breaking down, recovering. It's like, how can I maximize yeah. my own body's efficiency? And sometimes that's, you know, if you've got, if you're blocked somewhere, that's going to hold you back. Yeah, I think people always have that misconception that they're not actually training the movement, they're going to get weaker in it, rather than seeing it's like the sidestep up into the higher yeah. arms, you know. Yeah, it's massively underrated. You know what, the thing is, with training, strength comes quicker than anything else, than, yeah. you know, building muscle and fat loss. You'll get that back. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's 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 mis miseducation, and it's, you know, a, a lot of girls come to me because they want a certain result, but they're scared to do something different. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you want a different result, you've got to do something different. Yeah, and exactly. it's Because it's unknown. You know, it's and I get it, but you got to you got to try. It's like trial and error. Absolutely. I know you're under a little bit of time pressure, but just talk to us a little bit about the mindset stuff that you do. Well, I think we've got about five minutes before you have to go. But if, if uh, you say you do a lot of stuff giving seminars, what would you, what would like a take-home message be to people listening now about mindset and training and motivation and get up and do it? Um, I think it's important to ask yourself why. Yeah. And goal setting is very important. And we, you know, without a goal, you know, it's just a wish. But without, you know, it's, it's important to be motivated by your goal, but driven by your process. Because your process is what's going to get you there. So if you write down a goal, but there's nothing, there's no steps, then you're gonna feel lost. And then unmotivation sets in. And, you know, also ask yourself, why am I doing this? If it's for someone else or external validation, you're never actually going to see what you truly achieve because you're relying on something else. If it's because you know it's actually going to improve your life, yeah. then that's an important, that's important, you know, write that down, write why it's important, what it means to you, who you want to be, not just what you want to be, who you want to be, and what characteristics does that person have to have? And then you have to live by those characteristics. So I think that's probably it the best message I could give. Yeah, There's a lot perfect. of things I could say. <laughs> um, I never know what to say, but I think that's a really important thing. That's, you know, I do a lot of goal setting with my girls and that one in particular is the one that they always go back to. You know, reset, reset, reset. Why am I doing this? When things get hard, when I'm feeling uncomfortable, why am I doing this? That's my goal. Yeah, awesome. All right, so uh, where can people get a hold of you? Where can they follow you online? Or if they want to sign up to your, your, your training program, what can they do? Okay, so my Instagram is just Hattie Boydle, um, H-A-T-T-I-E-B-O-Y-D-L-E. -T -T -E. um, I have two uh, websites. One is www.hattieboydle.com and the other one is www.sportsmodelproject.com. Sure. So if you want to do the Sports Model Project, you go to the Sports Model Project, but if you want to do uh, seminars or anything else, it's uh, Hattie Boydle. Awesome. Thank you so much, Thank guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for taking Pleasure. the time to speak to us. Awesome. Sure. You Thank you very much. Bye-bye.